Acts 13, verses 1 through 12. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manion, who had been brought up with a Herod of the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, set on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Pathos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Polis. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Alamus, the sorcerer, who that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Alamus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right of ways against the Lord, right of ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching of the Lord. Holy Spirit, help us know your presence and fill us with power. We need to be that presence with you. Amen. Thank you, Lena. Well, uh, hey, everybody. I, I am so thankful for all of you uh, worshiping here with us today in person and online. Uh, you know, we, we you know, Christine was talking earlier about Easter, and we had a big Sunday, of course, a lot of people here. But I want you to know that those who worship the Sunday after Easter have a special place in a pastor's heart. Just so you know. A few weeks ago, we introduced a, a challenge called Boost My Church. Uh, we're attempting to raise $110,000 in gifts and pledges to boost our 2023 ministry fund. Um, a number of you have responded already. That's great. Uh, the amount, that's, that 110000 is the amount that we believe we will f- be short this year because of about 15 families who will be leaving Faith Westwood uh, and the United Methodist Church. And so far, we've got responses from 37 and uh, who have accepted the challenge to boost their giving or their, their pledge. And so we are about halfway there. And uh, I'm hoping that nearly everyone can participate uh, at whatever level that you're able to. Uh, I believe that this is vital for Faith Westwood, being able to move forward, to meet this challenge. And so... That's why you see today in the pews there are some cards. You see those uh, about Boost My Church. And um, you can fill that out today. You can drop it in the, in the uh, offering bucket as you leave. Uh, also, be, there'll be a link tomorrow in, um, in the email, the Faith Connect email to do that. But I hope that if you count Faith Westwood as your church home, that you will stretch your faith and stretch your budget and be a part of this. Uh, if you are new to Faith Westwood, I want you to know we do not expect you to, to do this, be a part of this. 
Uh, we're not trying to squeeze money from you. Uh, we're just happy that you have come here to learn about the Lord with us. Uh, now, today and for the next several weeks, we're going to be focusing on the work of the Holy Spirit uh, among us and within us. And um, so today we're going to uh, begin with this prayer, this classic prayer to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Show me my sin. Turn me around. Set me apart until I am wholly yours. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, it was 26 years ago. Tricia and I were at the early stages of a big adventure. Uh, it was the night before the first Sunday of worship of a new church plant that we were starting there in Lincoln. And uh, we'd been working uh, eight or nine months already, uh, getting things ready for this, for this launch Sunday. We had a leadership team. We had hosted preview events. We had started some small groups, put together a band. Uh, we also had sent a large full-color mailer introducing the new church to 28,000 homes. On the night, on the Saturday night before that first Sunday, we went to bed. We were full of anticipation. Our night was interrupted at 2 a.m. when the doorbell rang. We ran to the door and peeked through the little peephole and saw fire. We opened the door and saw a canister on our front step uh, with flames shooting up three feet high. We called the police. An officer came to the house very quickly. Uh, we asked if there were reports of this happening in other homes around the area. The officer said no, there were none. So it seemed to us that it was targeted toward us on this night. And yet, what could we do but go on? You know, God was the one who had sent us on this adventure, and we knew we should not be intimidated by this little prank. In the first century, a great persecution arose against Jesus' people in Jerusalem. Uh, this was probably, it could be roughly a decade or so after Jesus' death and resurrection, and, and some people were killed. Uh, many were jailed, and thousands of disciples just fled the city, fanning out in all directions, spreading the good news wherever they went. Well, today I'm, I'm excited to begin this, this uh, nine-week series called The Adventure, uh, and we'll accompany the Apostle Paul on his three missionary journeys that take up about a decade of his life. So let's open our Bibles. Grab a Bible in front of you. If you brought your own, that's great. Those of you at home, I hope you can find a Bible to follow along. And let's turn to Acts chapter 13. The, the full name of this book is, is the Acts of the Apostles, right? But it could also be loosely translated the Adventures of the Apostles. An apostle 
is a word that means someone who is sent on a mission. And Jesus has sent his apostles on a mission to all nations. We have a, a theme verse that we're going to use for this series. It uh, comes from chapter 13, verse 4. So it's here on the screen. Let's say it together, shall we? The two of them were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. When you belong to Jesus, you can expect that this kind of thing is going to happen to you. You will be sent on your way by the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know where you'll, do, what you, where you'll go <laughs> or what you'll do, but when you count on Jesus, you can count on this. And the, the Holy Spirit directs those who are listening and willing to go. And that is the heart of today's message. That's the thing I hope you'll write down and take home and talk about with your family and discuss it in your faith group. Um, let's, let's say it together, shall we? The Holy Spirit directs those who are listening and willing to go. And what I've found is that, you know, even if I don't get the, the, the Spirit's direction perfectly right, God's still willing to work with me on it. Isn't that a cool thing? You know, for example, uh, in, my, in my 13 years here uh, of, of creating sermon series at Faith Westwood, you know, there were times when I'm sure God was probably thinking, uh, well, Steve, that one wasn't quite what I was hoping for. But I can work with that. At the start of chapter 13, our author, who is Luke, lists a few of the leaders among Jesus' people in Antioch. Now, they don't know it yet, but Antioch is about to replace Jerusalem as the hub of Christian mission. So let's start with verse 1 and introduce the cast, shall we? It says, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, now, Barnabas was introduced earlier in the book of Acts uh, back in Jerusalem. His real name is Joseph, and his nickname means son of encouragement. Simeon called Niger, meaning he was black. Lucius of Cyrene. Lucius is a Roman name. Cyrene in, in Greek is pronounced Kyrene, uh, was a city on the Mediterranean coast of Africa. It's possible that both Simeon and Lucius were from Cyrene. If so, it is then possible that Simeon was the Simon, shortened version of the name, the Simon of Cyrene who carried Jesus' cross. Now, it's a big if, but maybe. Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, meaning that he grew up as kind of a foster brother, uh, of Herod. Now, this isn't the Herod the Great of the of the Jesus's birth, but this is the uh, his son Herod Antipas, who was the one who beheaded John the Baptist, who interrogated Jesus, and his childhood friend Menaean is now a disciple of Jesus. And then Saul. A well-known Pharisee who once persecuted Christians and then encountered Jesus on his way to Damascus and became a believer. Simeon, Lucius, and Menaean, we don't hear from again after this. 
uh, I'm, but I'm sure they were, did a lot of great things we, we don't know about. But I'm, and I'm sure there were a lot more uh, Christians in Antioch. Matter of fact, the, the, it says in Acts that they were first called Christians there in Antioch. But these five are listed as prophets and teachers. You know, if you want to see diversity in the church, you find it right here in Antioch. People of different continents, colors, cultures. Later in Acts, we'll, say that we'll see that women were prophets as well. Verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So this is pointing to something that sounds like it was probably a, a practice of New Testament uh, believers. We could call it a prayer retreat. Some of you have been on a prayer retreat. Now here, this group was also fasting that day as a way of, of sharpening their hunger to hear from God. And maybe they, you know, in their retreat, they, they read a few psalms, they, they sing to the Lord a little bit, they, they offer their prayers, but maybe the most, they spend most of their time praying in silence. And the rest of verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, I, I'm guessing that what happened here is that some one of these five uh, felt a, a message from the Holy Spirit kind of percolating up inside them, and they spoke it out. And I, I'm thinking it was probably not. It was probably either Simeon, Lucius, or Benaian, and not Barnabas or Saul who said this. The Holy Spirit is telling them all, "I've got a job for these two. And then to make sure that they're getting it right, they, they pray and they fast some more. And just as the Spirit has something for Barnabas and Saul, the Spirit has something for you. You don't have to be an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Because this is true for all of us. Let's say it again. The Holy Spirit directs those who are listening and willing to go. For example, uh, you can count on the Holy Spirit directing you on if and whether you should participate in this Boost My Church challenge. Just listen. Be willing to do what he, he wants, what he says, how you are led. Right now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit about what he wants me to do after I retire. I, I want you to know I sense no leading from the Lord that he wants me to be a pastor after Faith Westwood. Um, however, over the last six years, I've had a, a wonderful opportunity to coach many pastors, um, and I am inspired to do more of that on a part-time basis, you know. And I think, okay, is this from the Holy Spirit? kind of hard to tell sometimes, isn't it? But, you know, when I talk to people about this and, and you know, they tell me, wow, Steve, your, your face kind of lights up when you talk about it. I hear the energy in your voice. Well, maybe that is a little confirmation from the Spirit. And so while I'm trying to listen to the Holy Spirit about this, you know, one thing I realize is that I, I, I can't get myself overcommitted in doing other things. 
Sometimes I may even have to set aside other responsibilities so I can give, uh, give myself to the assignment that he, that he gives me. Uh, and one thing I want to share with you today is that is this, this principle, this truth that you, you have to say no to some good things so you can say yes to God things. Do you know that? That's true. Don't let good things get in the way of God things. You have to say no sometimes to good things, to some good things, so you can say yes to God things. And then verse 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, did that some more, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. I, I like to imagine that, uh, that maybe there were a hundred or more of Jesus' people gathered there in Antioch for worship on Sunday, the Lord's Day, and, and uh, all the people are raising their hands as, as um, Simeon, Lucius, and Menaean are, are laying their hands on Barnabas and Saul and praying over them, commissioning them, and sending them off on their spirit-led mission. And then verse 4. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. You know what this means. We're going to need a map. Ta-da! Antioch is on the, is on the right uh, where the red dots begin and then work left. Uh, Barnabas and Saul, they, they go down river a little bit from Antioch to the port city of Seleucia. And they purchase passage on a ship and sail about 120 miles to the island of Cyprus. Cyprus, by the way, is where Barnabas grew up. And they have a plan. Verse 5, when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of the Lord in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. It appears that John had set out with his older cousin Barnabas from Jerusalem and was still tagging along. Barnabas and Saul first proclaim the gospel in the synagogue there in Salamis, and they tell how Jesus uh, fulfilled God's promises in the Hebrew Scriptures and that, and that he is the Messiah that they've been all waiting for and that he offers forgiveness of sin to all who repent and put their faith in him. And then they travel on foot uh, from, from Salamis uh, approximately 80 miles. Uh, I'm sure they're spreading the message of Jesus all along the way. And in verse 6, it says, they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos, which is the capital of Cyprus. And then we come to this fascinating account that Lena read for us of, of, of meeting this top uh, government official of, of the Roman government, uh, uh, the, the proconsul, and, uh, and their confrontation with his attendant, this unfaithful Jew who practices sorcery named Bar-Jesus. Uh, the proconsul is Sergius Paulus, and he's interested in Barnabas and Saul's message. But Bar-Jesus, also called Elymas, can see that if his boss adopts this new faith, he might be out of a job. So he speaks against their message. Bible scholar N.T. Wright says, there is no advance of the gospel without opposition. 
When we boldly take the, the gospel to new people in new places, we must expect opposition. The founder of the Methodist movement in the 1700s, John Wesley, he, he had lies written about him in the newspapers. Sometimes they would send out someone playing loud drums to drown out his outdoor preaching. Rocks and rotten vegetables were thrown at him while he spoke. That's the beginning of Methodism. There is no advance of the gospel without opposition. In verse 9, we come to kind of a transition verse in, in a few ways. It, it says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas. The first transition is that Luke, the author, makes the switch from using the Hebrew name Saul to Saul's Roman name, Paul. Now, it was common for Roman citizens to have two or three names. Uh, the name Saul in the Greek language, and Greek was sort of the, the everyday language of the whole Roman Empire, uh, the Greek version of that Saulus sounds like a word that means wimpy. And he doesn't want to be known as Wimpy. So he decides to go with his Roman name, Paul. Good call, Paul. The second transition is that up to this time, Luke lists Barnabas as the lead person on this mission team. But from this point on, Paul takes preeminence. The third transition is that when not is when non-wimpy Paul calls out this sorcerer, this unfaithful Jew, in verse ten, and this is a, a filled with the Spirit moment. It says, and Paul says to him, "You are a child of the devil, and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop?" perverting the right ways of the Lord. You know, when you're walking by faith in Jesus, when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you cannot be a wimp. Because there is a spiritual battle going on in this world, in this life. Not all ideas are equal, not belie all beliefs are okay, and sometimes you have to say so. And then the Holy Spirit gives Paul a moment of authority in verse 11 as he speaks to Elymas. He says, now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. And amazingly, that's what happened. And it's one reason I find this fascinating is because uh, temporary blindness is the same thing that happened to Paul. When Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus in a bright light, and afterwards he was blind, and, then, and when Paul's sight was restored, then he was a believer in Jesus. And now Elymas has the same opportunity. What will he do? We're not told. But after seeing Elymas struck, the proconsul responds in verse 12. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about Jesus. Wherever you go, you're going to find people who are both resistant and receptive to the gospel. 
Now, God's already at work in their lives in, in both cases. And so I would say to you, don't give up on the resistant ones, but stay focused on the receptive ones. Maybe the resistant ones will later become more receptive. All right, back to the map. Uh, from the island of Cyprus, Paul, Barnabas, and John sail north and arrive in the city of Perga, and it's there that John leaves them and goes back to Jerusalem. So then uh, Paul and Barnabas head farther north to another city named Antioch. Is this confusing or what? They start out in Antioch of Syria, and then they end up in Antioch of Pisidia. And again, Paul preaches at the synagogue. And again, he's met with both openness and opposition receptivity and resistance. And before long, Paul and Barnabas actually get the boot. They get kicked out of Antioch. But they're not discouraged. They head down the road to Iconium in the province of Galatia. So no matter the opposition, no matter the problems they face, they keep going. They keep trusting that the Holy Spirit directs those who are listening and willing to go. And that, my friends, includes you. The Holy Spirit directs those who are listening and who are willing to go. So, are you seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance are you listening are you paying attention are you willing to go where he sends you let's pray about that good and kind father we confess that sometimes our hearts get hardened sometimes we get ourselves into a rut and our minds become resistant Lord, we also realize that we say yes to so many things that we have little time left to say yes to you. But today, you have begun to open our hearts. Today, you are helping us to become more receptive. Lord Jesus, we remember that after you were raised from the dead, you spoke to your, to your disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, will you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we may receive. Holy Spirit, breathe life into us. We are listening. We are willing to go where you send us. And now we're going to take just a couple of minutes to open our hearts and listen. So we'll just take some time in silent prayer. Um, and you may pray where you are seated, but you're also welcome, invited to come and, and kneel or stand with me at the steps. Let's pray.